Hill 70 Quantock Ranch, the place that you want to be to buy your bulls in 2020. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Coming up, APAS President Todd Lewis discusses his guarded optimism for the coming year for farming in Saskatchewan. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Raymore, Yorkton and Watrous, New Holland working hard to keep more jingle in your jeans. And brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry Shepherd at 352-1866. The 620 CKRM farm weather forecast for today, mainly cloudy with 30% chance of flurries, risk of freezing drizzle, wind west 20 becoming light late this afternoon, the high today minus one, snow beginning tonight and ending overnight. Clearing before morning, wind becoming northwest 40, gusting to 60 tonight, the low minus 11. Wind chill minus 6 tonight, minus 21 overnight. Friday, mainly sunny, wind northwest 30, becoming light near noon, the high tomorrow minus 6. Wind chill minus 21 in the morning, minus 10 in the afternoon, the low minus 11. Saturday, partly cloudy, the high plus 3. Gusty evening winds, the low minus 8. Sunday, sunny, the high minus 2, the low minus 13. Monday, partly cloudy, 60% chance of flurries and windy, the high minus 8, the low minus 14. Tuesday, partly cloudy, the high minus 8, the low minus 13. Wednesday, partly cloudy, the high near minus 10. Normal high for this date, minus 11, the normal low, minus 23. The sun rose at 8.59 this morning, it sets at 5.06 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot, Maple Creek at minus 1 right now. The cold spot, Uranium City, minus 11. Estevan is minus 2, Saskatoon minus 3, Swift Current minus 1, Weyburn minus 3, Yorkton is minus 4. Cloudy and mist in Regina, it's minus 3, that's 26 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the west at 13. Humidity 96%, the barometer rising 100.2. Cloudy and Moose Jaw minus 2, winds are from the northwest at 9. Once again, Regina, cloudy and mist. It's minus 3. That's 26 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. Agri-News is brought to you by McDougall Auctioneers Ag Division. Forget the rest. Sell with the best. Online at mcdougallauction.com. The president of APAS says 2019 offered serious challenges to most farmers in Saskatchewan. Todd Lewis says he has guarded optimism for the coming year. I guess certainly uh, weather-wise, we had really drought conditions first six months of the year. Really, you know, starting in January, January till June, real lack of precipitation and really pretty ideal seeding conditions in a lot of the province, but lack of snowfall and and in some cases that was welcome. We didn't have sluice to go around and so on, but the spring rains never came and really was you know into early summer before we saw rain in a lot of southern locations for sure, and so the crop was set back. And then once it started to rain in late June, it kind of uh, continued on and we've had wet conditions for you know through the harvest season and unfortunately a lot of farms uh, the harvest season isn't over yet and won't be over until uh, spring of 2020 so weather is always paramount and and produces mine be it you know livestock or crop production and uh, we certainly had extremes this year review prices and markets for 2019 for me well the uh, trade issues we had only got worse certainly the the Chinese uh, situation with canola that we were hit with has uh, taken quite a bit of money out of the marketplace and uh, really uh, producers are starting to feel a pinch at the farm gate. The ongoing situation with India and non-tariff barriers and uh, countries like Italy and Saudi Arabia have all affected our grain production. 
producers and and you know even we we even had China cut off pork and beef imports as well for a time so it was uh, it's been a difficult trade year and on, on some of the trade issues we've seen some movement and hopefully that'll continue and we'll see some improvement uh, in 2020. What about prices for this past year? Seems like we're in the bottom of the commodity cycle here and we have seen seen some strengthening of prices here some late rally here in the fall with the with the poor harvest but certainly marketing this year's crop is going to be difficult lots of issues in the countryside with falling number and great grain grading and and uh, also as I, as I mentioned before the canola price is certainly off and, and uh, so producers are are uh, frustrated with what's uh, going on price wise and and uh, you know it's uh, as I said it's starting to uh, affect uh, the farm economy let's have a look at 2020 what's your outlook well I think you know we're, we're always into next year's country and certainly want to see some some uh, if, you know the weather improves. There's not much we can do about that, but we're certainly uh, hoping that we have a, a more uh, stable weather pattern this year. And boy, as far as uh, you know, the uh, trade disputes that we've seen and lots going on, uh, you know, the, I think one of the hidden ones that people don't really talk a lot about a whole lot is uh, you know the U.S. trade situation with China. It, it seems to be improving, so hopefully that improves our situation. But the U.S. farm income programs, you know, are officially supporting uh, the price of our farm inputs, and so we're kind of getting it done you know low commodity prices and uh, really inputs that are still high and, and only rising so I think we're sure hoping for some relief uh, with the trade wars and, and hopefully uh, that'll affect the uh, U.S. farm bill as well and maybe we'll see some more market reflective pricing as, as far as our inputs are concerned. So for 2020 are you optimistic or pessimistic? Oh I think farmers are always optimistic but it's guarded optimism to be sure I think it's pretty hard to be optimistic for a lot of our producers that still have crops out in the field in some cases you know, it's 30, 40%. So it's going to be a difficult spring seeding. And, but at the same time, some uh, good weather patterns and so on can sure improve a lot of that. And so we're, we're always hoping for better. And I think as you know, livestock and, and uh, grain producers wouldn't be in this business if we weren't optimistic. But it's very guarded this year. Todd Lewis is the president of APAS and Farms at Gray, southeast of Regina. Hello, folks. Bill Creech here with Hill 70 Quantock Ranch Barn Burning Bull Sale. We're at Lloydminster, Alberta, and this is our 50th annual bull sale. It's February 1, 2020, right at the ranch. We'll sell 400 bulls, red and black Angus, horned and polled Herefords, Charlays, red and black Sim Angus bulls, and Galvey balancers. 75% of these bulls are two-year-olds. They're held over. They're not leftovers, plus bred and open commercial females. We'll see you at our 50th annual bull sale. Remember to call us, 800-665-SALE. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Diggleman Industries. Look to Diggleman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And the REMAX Crown Realty Ag Team of Marcel DeCorby and Graham Toth. Online at landforsalesask.ca. Weed control can be challenging for peas, lentils, faba beans, and other pulse crops. Dr. Chris Willenborg is an associate professor at the University of Saskatchewan's College of Agriculture and Bioresources. He's also in charge of a weed research program that receives funding from Saskatchewan pulse grower producer levies. Willenborg's work has several objectives, including reducing herbicide use when possible, minimizing the impact of herbicide-resistant weeds, and looking for different sources of weed control, such as seed predators. And the idea itself isn't new, but the, the goal of that work is to try to help growers establish habitats 
that would favor seed predators. And the idea there goes back to something called weed seed bank management. And so this is kind of all weaved into this five-year grant that I'm hoping uh, will continue long into the future. Willenborg says there are many seed predators in the ecosystem. Insects, we know, are, are the majority of the seed predators, at least from the invertebrate standpoint. The other big one that we would have in Saskatchewan would be earthworms as well. We think consume weed seeds. We know in other jurisdictions they do. We have no reason to believe they don't here. Other major seed predators would be rodents, voles, uh, things like that. And then birds also will consume a lot of weed seeds. Now, most of these weed seeds are going to be consumed on the soil surface. However, there is some consumption just below the soil surface as well. Willenborg's research examines a variety of agronomic practices used to control weeds in pulse crops. The majority of what we look at so far has been sort of combining different agronomic practices. So things like seeding rate and row spacing. And we have one uh, project within this portfolio where we're looking at rotation and not just any rotation. We're looking at what, what happens when you combine a couple of different winter crops in a rotation and you try to set your pulse crop up as the crop that needs the weed management. So we're looking at combining things like that. We're also looking at trying to, in some cases, prioritize pre-emergence products. And that goes back to a thesis of viewing post-emergent weed control as the goalie in the hockey game. That's sort of your last line of defense instead of your first. And so we're looking at different combinations of pre-products together, but in a addition with optimal agronomy we have we have actually have one trial where we're trying not to apply a post harvest my theory is that if we are able to get to a point in a pulse crop where we don't have to apply a post emergence and still get acceptable weed control and, and good yield i think that's moving the science a long way and and going a long way for what growers are looking for in an economic pulse production program speaking on a Saskatchewan Pulse Growers podcast, Willenborg was asked about changes in the types of herbicide-resistant weeds. In Saskatchewan, we still continue to see mostly the evolution of group 2 resistant weeds. So those are weeds resistant to things like imazethapir, pursuit, usually in the pulse crop, but also in other crops as well. Um, we have not yet seen the evolution in a large way of group 14s, which right now are a major group of products that I think underpin good pulse production right now. That's the one that does have me worried. And in the US, they fought group two resistance with glyphosate and then developed glyphosate resistance. And shortly after that, switched to group 14s and developed group 14 resistance and now they're on group 27 and they're starting to see resistance to that too. So we're kind of on that same track and, and it worries me most in the pulse crops because we depend very heavily on group 14s. Willenborg talks about herbicide resistant weed issues in different parts of Saskatchewan. 
I like to separate it sort of between north and south. I think when you drive south, definitely you're going to see the wild mustard intercrop. That's pretty common and, and I think in the south as well, they're really struggling with kochia. Those are the two that we're focusing most on in the program and, and that I think growers would be struggling with. In the north, where you're seeing a bit more pea and faba bean, uh, usually it's cleavers um, that are starting to become a major challenge and part of that again is due to group two resistance. The other two that I think are, are a challenge are wild oat continues to remain sort of our number one weed. Even in pulse systems, we, we see a lot of group one and two resistant wild oat. And then narrow leaf hawksbeard is sort of gaining a foothold. And you do see that in, in numerous crops, but I think it's a little bit more obvious in the pulse crops because they're a little bit shorter. To that end, there is some uh, resistant south thistle that you'll also see. And of course, um, regardless of where you are in the province, if you're growing a pulse crop, you're probably likely to struggle with Canada thistle and, and perennials like that. The pulse crop weed research program has been in place for nearly 10 years. Willenborg has some ideas on future research if the program receives renewed funding. Having some discussions with some of the companies, I think there is potential for some uh, different products within the Pulse portfolio that I may be able to work with in another iteration, looking not just at efficacy, but different ways to utilize these products and weed spectrums, places where maybe they're not registered, pursuing minor uses, things like that. I think that's always something that we look for. We're also making the shift now and sort of using the Pulse program as, as an example to switch to seed bank management. And I think that there's still a lot of untapped potential here to figure out how we move growers and get ideas from growers on where to start managing those, those weeds as opposed to focusing the, on the in-crop. I think there's potential on that side of things. Crop rotation is something, again, we, we're struggled to set up rotations without long-term funding. That's always one of the major challenges. If we know we have long-term funding in place, we can try and, and look for um, either rotational or, or sequence or systems-based studies that further optimize um, weed control for growers. So I think that's something as well that we can look at in a different phase should it exist. Chris Willenborg leads a pulse crop research program at the U of S. He spoke on a recent Saskatchewan Pulse Growers podcast. Market Update is brought to you by Scott Bjornson of Hall as Wealth. For more information or to book a free consultation, call 1-800-284-9999. Grain prices were showing upward movement in early trading today. Viterra's prices for canola rose $8.30 at $4.35.88. Oats gained $7.92 at $201.45. Yellow peas increased $2 at $246.89. Number one red spring wheat went up $8.05 at $233.53. The rest were unchanged. Durham, $266.39. Feed barley 157.68, flax 521.35, lentils 419.50, feed wheat 156.83. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange this morning, March wheat is up 4 cents at 565 a bushel. 
The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Assiniboia and Weyburn Livestock Auctions. Call Assiniboia 642-4180 or Weyburn 842-4574. And brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia or Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell, your locally owned Integra Tire dealers. This is a micro report for the Assiniboia Livestock Auction for the week of January 2nd, 2020. Happy New Year, everyone. There hasn't been any auction sales for 10 days or more, so there really is no market report as such. However, we do have an idea of what is going on. The feeder cattle futures on the Chicago Mercantile Exchange closed up the limit for year-end, which means higher feeder cattle prices due to low, record low replacements in feedlots across the United States. We are entering the roaring 20s, and there's a lot of optimism for higher prices for cull cows, bulls, and feeder cattle, as everyone is becoming more aware of less cattle throughout North America. The first cattle sale of 2020 will be January 8th in Weyburn. This has been Roy Rutledge reporting. Now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices for SIG 5 TCP BP2, $131.65 per CKG. For BP4, TCP4, 142.22 per CKG. The outlook, mainly cloudy, 30% chance of flurries, risk of freezing drizzle today. Wind west 20 becoming light late this afternoon. The high today minus 1. Snow beginning tonight, ending overnight, clearing before morning. Wind becoming northwest 40, gusting to 60 tonight. The low minus 11. Wind chill minus 6 tonight, minus 21 overnight. Tomorrow mainly sunny, wind northwest 30, becoming light near noon. High minus 6 tomorrow, wind chill minus 21 in the morning, minus 10 in the afternoon, the low minus 11. In Regina, cloudy and mist, it's minus 3, that's 26 Fahrenheit. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon and good farming. Make sure you have the right date marked. It's February 1, 2020, Hill 70 Quantock Ranch, 50th Bull Sale, Lloydminster, Alberta.